Hello, and welcome to the Harassment-Free Workplace Podcast. I'm April Turow of Navigating Integrity Associates. This podcast is for CEOs and HR professionals of small and medium-sized businesses to learn practical suggestions that can be used right away to address harassment in the workplace. We are committed to creating workplaces that work for everyone. Welcome. Hello, and welcome back to the Harassment-Free Workplace Podcast. I'm your host, April Tarot, and today I am so excited to welcome Phil Krisenfeld to the show. Hello, Phil. Good morning, April. How are you? I'm good. It's so great to have you here, especially over the holiday season. Um, the reason I wanted to have Phil here over the holiday season is Phil is all about family business. He works with family businesses and I love what you do in the world and that you're such a specialty in family business. I thought it'd be great to have your episode around the holidays. So thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you. Let me read your bio so everybody else knows who you are. Phil Krisenfeld is a family business advisor and mediator, a BA in economics from the University of Western Ontario, a qualified mediator and a family enterprise advisor graduate from the UBC Sauter School of Business. Transitions Mediation and Consulting Group focuses on improving communication for family enterprises in transition and mentoring the next generation to determine optimal outcomes for the family and the family business. This includes managing conflict amongst the family members, both inside and outside of the workplace. He has recently completed his CEA designation as a certified executor advisor to guide families through estate closure while maintaining family harmony. Welcome, Phil. Thank you, April. Great to be here. It's it's just such a a, a different look at harassment in the workplace because let's face it, how many of us in our families of origin have been harassed by family members? <laughs> it's kind of something that just kind of happens within families. We're not so nice to each other sometimes. So no. Yeah, so I thought it'd be really great to have you here to talk about what you do. And then also, like, how, what, what have you learned as a family mediator that we can all use in our workplaces to really help kind of deal with that, especially if it is a family run business? Like, how do you really m- mitigate the chances of harassment happening? So, welcome. Thanks, April. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing with you because, you know, family businesses, which by the way, comprise about 80% of the businesses in Canada. Are wait, 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 sorry. 80% of businesses? 80% of the businesses in Canada, and that number can be higher or lower depending on your source, are comprised of a family, are considered a family business. And a family business, by definition, is two or more family members that work together in a business. So, husband and wife, it doesn't matter what the definition is, but the majority, a vast majority of Canadian businesses are, in fact, family businesses. Wow. Okay. Sorry. That, I, that just floored me. I didn't realize it was so high. So, wow. Okay. So 80% of a businesses are family businesses. Okay. So tell me more about what you do and, and, and uh, yeah, just tell me more about what you do and how you got there. A lot of my work over the years, my passion, of course, I grew up in a family business and, and, and that can be a whole other podcast on its own, but, <laughs> but throughout my time in, in my family business, I really developed a passion for guiding other family members you know, 30 years ago, there was very little resources in terms of how to run a fa- how to run the family of a family business. Uh, the, the resources were so limited because I was just hungry for more information. And, you know, fast forward years later, long story, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to become the person I wish I could have hired 30 years ago. And 
And that's sort of been my goal for the last 12, almost 13 years. And I love working with family businesses. A lot of my entrees, yes, we love the proactive families and we love the proactivity of mapping out a great succession plan. And it sounds wonderful and charts and whiteboards and circles and squares. But sometimes the root of the problem in terms of achieving success is conflict, whether it's underlying, historical, present, or even planning to avoid future conflict because you know it's coming. And so my specialty has always been around the conflict side in family business. And that's why I became a mediator. And you mentioned in my bio about executor advising now. An an estate, really, when the last parent has passed away, is really just a family business with unwilling partners. And how we played when we were kids is not too different than how they can play in dealing with an estate. So focusing on the family harmony side and the execution of, quite honestly, let's get this thing wrapped up in as timely a fashion as possible with as minimal with, with minimal heartache. There's already enough heartache. You've just lost your last parent. So yeah. that's really triggered my, my, my purpose, if you will, and uh, where I focus. So it's interesting because there is workplace harassment around family businesses. <laughs> not, just, not, not just because 80% of the businesses are family business, but just in general, it sort of has a slight, it can't, not always, but it can have a different nuance. Mm-hmm. than maybe a more traditional harassment model. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, just thinking about the cases that I've worked on that have been family businesses, and there is a dynamic there that sets it up to be more contentious or more more difficult to unearth because there's all like, there's not just the workplace drama, but there's also the family drama that's also playing out. So if you're working in a workplace that's where you're not the family member, but it's run by family mem- other another family, that can be really difficult to speak up and say, hey, this isn't working because, you know, you don't want to piss off other family members or you don't want to be worried about other family members, you know, treating you poorly. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to an employee thinking going up against a family member in a harassment type case, you, f- you, you can't help but feeling you're, you're setting yourself up to lose anyways. Mm-hmm. Who are they going to pick? You know, the, the I mean, family who, member or me, who are they going to side with? Right. Exactly. So, so it's really, that's that added nuance. I'm saying nuance to be nice, but really mm-hmm. it's a complication. It's mm-hmm. an imbalance. It's whatever you want it to be, but it's just not a traditional harassment example. Yeah, definitely a power imbalance. And I'm, I'm just thinking about an assessment I did in a, a mom and pop shop, you know, mom and dad were kind of there. They considered themselves mom and dad in the family, but they're husband and wife and nobody would tell them the truth. Nobody would tell them what was really going on. So I went in and did an assessment. I pulled up all the dirt. They're like, Oh my goodness, this makes so much more sense. So it's like, Oh, okay. I, I, I see where the problems are now because I came in, it was easier for them to talk to a third party anonymously right? So that, that they could actually find out what's actually going on. So, and, and that, actually uncovered some harassment that was happening. That value of having mm-hmm. a third party, we all know sometimes people just don't want to hear the truth mm-hmm. or they won't hire that third party, but the third party creates a layer away mm-hmm. so that whatever actions have to be taken in, mm-hmm. in your world and also in my world, whatever action has to be taken as unpopular with the family as it may be, 
It's like we hired a professional. We paid good, hard-earned money for the professional's feedback. Why would we be stupid enough not to act on it? Exactly. And I think it must be difficult too for a family business to think, oh, we should have a family mediator come in. Like, oh my goodness, we have to air our family laundry to a third party. How do you get over that? Like, how do you get over, like, how do you get people to go, okay, no, we really do need to bring in a third party here to help mediate this. You know, without mapping out the whole process, it begins with establishing trust very early. Mm -hmm. It begins with having um, individual time together with all of the family members. They can't be in a room together at the point that I'm there because not, they, they'll be there physically like herding sheep, but nothing will be accomplished. Mm-hmm. So we have to create an environment of open communication and, and through the individual intake and the work and the trust building, we can then go into a room where it's a safe space. The mm-hmm. quietest voices, you know, family businesses, sometimes we know, in many businesses, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So the person who's louder gets their way. It's up to me as the facilitator slash mediator. Mediator is such a harsh word. It implies some legal drama. So I use facil- the word facilitation. So facilitator acts. I like to explain to, I, I know your podcast is global, but in the Canadian and British parliamentary system, there's the speaker. So two members of parliament who want to yell at each other and tell each other off, do it through Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, would you tell the member from so-and-so that they're being a jerk? Um, I kind of play that role. Mm -hmm. So it takes dad as the patriarch and the boss, and I'm being sexist, mom or dad or mom and dad, but it takes that patriarch away from being the boss in that room. And it's sort of... It doesn't fully level the playing field, but it keeps a little more equality amongst the family stakeholders in that room. Mm-hmm. And that's a beginning point for good communication because generally there'll be some revelations. The, the, the big mouths, the loud voices get quieted by me, not by dad. Mm. And the quiet voices get introduced into the conversation by me because I can say, Hey, when we spoke individually, you mentioned this as a great idea. Can you please share it with the room? Well, they're not going to say no. They're going to share it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, as a side note, there's tremendous growth for those quiet people to sit in a meeting like that. They sort of start becoming part of the team mm-hmm. instead of just along for the ride. That's or awesome. they're, they're perceived as being along for the ride. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. That's really great. Okay. So as you know, my podcast, I ask all of my guests, what are three things that people can take away? I want them to have three good nuggets that they can take with them that they can institute in their workplaces to help them decrease the chances of harassment occurring in their world. So what from the family business mediation world can we bring into the rest of the, I mean, although it's 80%, so it's like the majority. So it's the majority. <laughs> What can we, what, what nuggets from your expertise can our listeners use in this, in the world? The first, the first item dovetails on what we were just talking about, and that's around open communication. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, harassment in the workplace is something that's never talked about until it becomes explosive or, or, or creates serious damage or creates serious harm. And I think, I'm a big fan of open communication as much as some people shy away. 
but open communication around all things, including behavior in the workplace are important. Mm -hmm. People need to feel that every boss I ever encounter in, in my clients, all, oh, we've got an open door policy. Most of them are bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay, forgive me, cut that <laughs> out if you have to, but most of them are just, it sounds nice yeah. and it sounds inclusive, but it really means nothing. Mm -hmm. You have to demonstrate that open door policy, not talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, bringing in outsiders to create, to facilitate some meetings, town hall type meetings, um, where people can have a voice. I know a lot of law firms will actually structure and have town hall meetings amongst not just the lawyers, but the, the whole range of staff. Mm -hmm. They'll bring in a lunch twice a year. The managing partner stands up there and takes it on the chin. Mm. You know, sometimes questions are given anonymously, mm -hmm. but it's a way, it's, it's really just an effective time use because in two hours they can hear the complaints rather than talking to each individual employee, which could take weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's one area. But number one item, April, is open communication. Mm -hmm. create, create that environment. Don't say you have it. Make it. And if you don't know how to make it, bring a professional in to help you make it. It's so important. And really, like, open communication isn't a passive thing. It's an active thing. Right? Like, it's Very like you true. have to actually be having the conversations as opposed to yeah, we have open communication. No, what, what, how are you communicating? What are you communicating? How often are you communicating? Like, I think that's really important and having those difficult conversations. Cause I know when I first meet people are like, Oh, I hope I never need to hire you. And I'm like, actually, it's probably best to bring me in now before it's a problem. Let's have the conversation. Let's do an assessment, find out what's going on, you know, find out what's really happening. Cause usually it's happening. You don't even know it. So Let's be brave and courageous and have that open communication of, do you feel safe at work? Yeah. And, and, and it's people hold back often because there's just might be answers they don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. and, and I say, if you don't hear the answers now, you're going to hear them later. And it may be too late to repair. It may create phenomenal issues amongst team members, family or otherwise. And it can get downright expensive mm -hmm. uh, off off offline i told you about a story where there was a case where it cost the company almost a quarter of a million dollars between a family member and a fellow staff member a relationship broke up and it just got ugly and lawyers and mm -hmm. and it just it happens we don't want to talk about it but mm -hmm. it happens and I think also part of that open communication, if you are a family run business is talk about the fact that you're a family run business, right. And bring exactly. what issues do you have about it being a family run business? Like, let's really, let's, let's bring that to the surface. Yep. No, a hundred percent. Right. And that, that leads me sort of into the second point. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I, if you don't yeah. mind. Jumping Go for it. Yeah. And it's a really big one. That's really tied into the familyness of a business mm -hmm. and that's around setting expectations of behavior mm. because family members need to be held to a higher standard in a family business mm. and their because their behavior is going to be far more scrutinized, far more judged. Um, and it, their behavior is going to be the water cooler talk. Because the expectation is 
When a family member comes into a family business, generally the other non-family members know that they're already at a disadvantage. Mm. And so creating the expectations of behavior amongst family members, to me, is as important a point as actually behaving yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really needs to be hammered early and often. And, and sadly, it really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually not really addressed until someone screws up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know growing up in my own family business, I am... I was never and still never and will never be a morning person. <laughs> and we were a more, we were an early starting company. Mm-hmm. And for the love of God, I couldn't get there on time. <laughs> um, but I would stay three hours after everybody else left to make sure I did the best work I could and did mm-hmm. more than what was expected of me. And, and I remember a lecture from my late father that was very simple. He said, nobody gives a shit how late you stay. They only see that you're not here on time. And now you're special. They have to be here on time and you're not. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, I mean, I used to almost sleep in my clothes just to make sure I got there on time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was like, I didn't sleep that at night knowing I was going to, you know, I'd set up three alarm clocks. And, but, but I knew that that expectation was number one. And while it isn't, harassment and it's something very different the impact I didn't know the impact it was having on other employees mm-hmm. and that expectation was set upon me early often and thank you dear dad loudly mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. And, and and just like that just like the behavior you know you can't be inappropriate in the workplace when yeah. you're a faculty member it, it, it's like, there's also kind of an expectation I see in family businesses. It's like, act like I'm going to act as the CEO, right? Like say if you're the, the dad or the patriarch or the mom, whoever is in charge and you have family members working with you, you expect, well, they're just going to like follow my lead. Well, no, because they're in a totally different headspace of, Hey, I'm, I don't know what headspace they could be, but they could be in that space of, you know, I'm going to inherit the company. So, you know, I don't have to do much, but speaking, I love that your dad spoke that expectation to you. And it was like very clear, like, this is not okay. It was in my first month of work. Now I had just graduated university where we didn't even see noon. Okay. (laughs) We, We dropped classes if they were morning classes and took them at night. So I had this whole shift Mm-hmm. that I had to make. And it was my, you know, people say, what was your number one battle when you joined the family business? It was damn, getting up in the morning and being early. And the lecture, I can hear it. My dad's been gone 22 years now and I can still hear him. Your key should be the first one in the door and the last one in the door at night. You know, that was a major expectation of him mm-hmm. uh, for me. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a battle. Obviously, it was because I'm still haunted by it in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but but having the conversations around expected behavior is really the best way to summarize the second point. Mm-hmm. Have those conversations. Totally have the conversations. Make it clear, and then hold them to a higher standard. Yep, absolutely. So, so that's a good question. So how do we hold them to a higher standard? Like how? Because like, it, I, so as somebody who's not 
a family member, so the employee, not the family member, it feels like they're going to be allowed to get away with a lot more than I can. Yep. You know, it's it's a great question, and I can answer, like, that's really the third point is about holding family members to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Now, next generation is going to be, well, that's not fair. How come I've got to do blah, 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 but the paid person, you know, the employee doesn't have to do that, and that that's, needs to be taught out, and that's, that's where if a family of dad and mom or the patriarch matriarch of the business is uncomfortable pushing that, that's where an outsider like myself, maybe in a bigger company, they've got a non-family general manager who can be tasked with, I use the word mentoring because really it falls under that mentoring umbrella, setting expectations or have an outsider. I work with family businesses where I don't like to use the word onboarding, they're, they're on board, but I'm going to now teach them how to be a good family member in a family business. And what's going to make them get respected? What's going to lead them down a successful path? And a what to do and what not to do conversation. And mm-hmm. it isn't an hour-long conversation. It's sort of frequent touch points. Like, how's it going? What's gone wrong? Who's looked at you funny because you've got the same last name as the owner? Um, and how did you deal with it? Mm-hmm. You know, how did you feel when you had a confrontation with someone and they acquiesced because your daddy's the owner? You know, and conversations like that are, as you know, they're much easier held by an outsider where I don't have a vested interest beyond the successful family harmony and business as a result. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of if you're going to hold family members to a higher expectation, then you should give them the tools to help them achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. And while you won't have maybe a, a manager have uh, an outsider help them become a better manager, although you should, mm-hmm. you, for your family members, if you're setting higher standards and higher expectations, give them all the tools. Give your family members all the tools to help them achieve it. Don't just set it and push them off into the water and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And there are associations around family business. There are peer groups around family business that are very successful. There's advisors like myself. There's a whole slew of us across Canada that help work with that next generation to make sure, to put it simply, they get right from wrong because it's Mm -hmm. not always clear. It really is not always clear for that family member. Mm -hmm. And the more successful they are at interpreting right from wrong, the less likely there's going to be any harassment type issues or entitlement, I call them entitlement confrontations, uh, which are ugly and begin a downward spiral. So I'm glad you brought up the entitlement thing because I can see that being the power imbalance, right? And power imbalances is usually where harassment comes out, right? One person's using power over, it's bullying, is like kind of the classic bullying definition is using power over somebody else. So how do you level the playing field in a, in a family workplace, like to the point where the employees understand it's, it's a, a level playing field, or is it just, you just get that it's never going to be a, a level playing field. I, I think from a scientific and DNA standpoint, it's never <laughs> going to be a purely level playing field, mm-hmm. but I think I, I'm confident and I've seen it in action that the next generation who clearly understand their role and expectations um, 
you've got a more a greater chance of success of eliminating those confrontations. Now, now it's interesting because uh, confrontations can be so, that's such a broad term. Mm-hmm. You can have a disagreement with an employee and you can still be right. It doesn't mean you have to acquiesce and be wrong in everything you do just because you're a family member. I want to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. That we're not looking to to set up a constant self-humiliation. Mm. But um, having that having the humility to know when you're right and when you're wrong and acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, more, so, more so when you're wrong, of course. Which is great anyways, because I think it's just a good training ground for making that next generation to a really great leader. Yep. Like if you can learn that now while you're in the ranks with all the other employees, it's just going to make you a better leader later on when it's your turn to take over. Yeah, well, and that's why I said, you know, in the beginning about, you know, every boss says I've got an open door policy. This next generation can very subconsciously create that. Mm. Not for necessarily dad, but for themselves as they go down that role in the company towards succession. They become, uh, forgive me, but one of the guys, you know, one mm-hmm. of the gal. So, so the open door policy we referred to at the beginning of our conversation can be created by having that next generation taking a more humble mm-hmm. approach to leadership rather than that iron fist. You know, dad may have built the company with his bare hands um, and the next generation are set up for great success. But by maintaining humility, setting expectations reasonable, holding them to a higher standard from a behavioral standpoint, mm-hmm. and not being isolated from the company, not being isolated in a role is mm-hmm. something that's overlooked. Because some people are uncomfortable mixing and mingling, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I think mixing and mingling lets people know that you're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to worry about what dad's creating behind the scenes. You're okay. Yeah. Phil, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much. It's so appropriate just before the holidays as we all tend to kind of gather with our families. So um, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your expertise. Thank Thank you you for letting me share with you on your podcast and for your listeners. And uh, uh, I think the work you're doing is fantastic. Thank you, Phil. As I appreciate your work too in the world, obviously we need to deal with conflict in many different ways. So I love that you take the family approach. So thank you for being here. How do people get a hold of you if they want to, if they're a family business and they need help, how do they get a hold of you? Um, easiest way is website is www.transitionsgroup.ca. Um, and I'm, I, you know what? Google me, look at my name. I'm easily, I'm, I'm easy to find when I need to be found. Excellent. And I'll put all of your contact information in the show notes as well. So you can find Phil there as well. Again, thank you, Phil. Hope you enjoy the holidays, the end of the year. However, people want to celebrate the end of the year. I hope you all celebrate it well. So thank you again, Phil. And um, to our listeners, thank you for joining us in 2021. Looking forward to a lovely and vibrant 2022. We've got some great podcasts coming up soon. Um, So tune on in. And again, thank you for listening. Please rate and review. That is like such a present for me around the holiday season. If you could rate and review the podcast, it helps us go up in the rankings, which just helps the conversation get to more and more people. So that's how you can help us if you're finding value today. Rate and review. 
give me some stars. However, you honest stars. I don't need five stars, but if you want five stars, that'd be great too. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for being here in 2021. Look forward to seeing you guys and listening and and offering more of this conversation in 2022. Thank you for joining us for the Harassment Free Workplace Podcast. Subscribe now wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And please spread the word. Feel free to send us feedback, questions, and suggestions for future guests you'd like to hear from. We'd love to hear from you. For more information on workplace investigations and assessments, please visit www.harassmentfreeworkplace.com. Till next time.